Hello and welcome to Gay V Club. I'm Drianne Hawk, also known as Daya, and I'm here with Mariana Salem, my co-host. We're two writers who love movies, television, and books, especially when they're gay, and we're here to talk about how we relate to these texts as gay people of colour. Hello! What's up, guys? Hope you are well. We are very excited to record this episode. Yes, we are. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, if you like us, please consider following us on the socials, uh, Twitter and Instagram at gayv underscore club. Leave a nice review wherever you listen to podcasts. Recommend us to your friends, uh, to your crush or yes. whatever. Specifically recommend us to your crush. Please. Yeah, shoot your shot. Mm-hmm. To anyone who who is listening to this on recommendation from someone, yep. do something with that information. Reflect on your life choices. Do something then... with that information. Yep. Yeah, so what what are we talking about this episode, Mariana? We are talking about the Channel 4 original series, We Are Lady Parts. It is a new series created by Nita Menzoa following an all-woman Muslim punk band called Lady Parts. We have both watched it separately three times already, at least. Yes. Please. Please, 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 please watch this show. It's on Stan in Australia, it's on Peacock in the US, and it's on um, Channel 4's 4 On Demand in the UK. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you choose not to watch this show and it doesn't get a second season, you are Islamophobic. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. All right. Okay, you'll pay for my future therapy. It warms my heart, honestly. It's, watching it's this so show, wonderful. Watching this show, it felt like my heart was in the microwave mm. the whole time. Okay. It was in the microwave, warming up, and like by the end of it, the timer went ding, and my heart was warmed to perfection. I was so happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. I'm metaphor. a professional writer. Okay. In 2018, Nida Manzoor, she's Pakistani, she made a pilot episode for Channel 4's Comedy Blaps, which is basically like a program by Channel 4 where you get to see like pilots and like unmade comedy shows or like very short micro series. Like they put them up on YouTube or I think Mm. possibly their site as well. Michaela Cole's show Chewing Gum had the teasers released um, in 2014 through this program. So that's one of the legacies of Comedy Blaps. So the pilot first came to our attention last year when we saw season two of Umbrella Academy and fell in love with Ritu Aya. Yep. Um, I had I had no idea what I was in for when I clicked the thumbnail. I was I was clicking mm. it for gay purposes. Yes. Um. So Im- Im- imagine my imagine my delight. <laughs> yes. Imagine the delight when it was literally one of the best concepts ever mm. created. It was just life changing, literally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the pilot on YouTube it has like. 300,000 views right now and it probably had way less like a year ago so when I first saw it I wasn't expecting it to be a series I didn't realize it was being made into a series until Mary sent me the trailer basically like a month ago I couldn't I can I just say I thought I was hallucinating when I Mm. saw the title because I was like what like Mm. like the we are lady parts Mm. like of lady parts fame like, I was so, yeah, so I sent it straight to you because I hadn't even watched it yet when I sent it to you because I was so like, oh my god, I have to send this to you immediately. Because there's a whole bunch of things from that program that don't make it to, that don't get greenlit fully. So, yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting this to be one of them, but it was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mashallah. Ritu Aya's character, Syra, is the band leader, but she got recast um, and she's now played by Sarah Camila Impey, and I've decided that she's better than Ritu. Mm. Like, I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, why isn't this Ritu? Oh, yeah. Yes, I was thinking that at first, but, like, 
Yeah. Also, Bisma, who was played by Daniel Vitalis, is now played by Faith Omole. Everyone involved in this show is just very talented. Something I love about British casting that I think, or at least like British casting culture, for lack of a better word. Other than the nepotism. Other than the nepotism, which is very much a thing. Something that I do like about it is that they're not as concerned with like big names in Britain, like at least on particularly with Channel 4 shows. They're more like, who are the best people for this? I mean, it's it's Freeview. Which which I really... Yeah, they can't afford it. So they actually go out and look for people that can do the work that they need them to do. Mm. And I just love that. And everybody in this cast, like, they can sing. They're all such good actors. Like, I just I just love it. I love mm. to see it. I love the fact that when I was looking up their IMBDs, there was either, like, it was either, like, one or two things or nothing, you know? Everyone in the main cast has a musical, like, a musician background, except for mm-hmm. Faith Omole, who like killed it anyway. Yeah. The main character is Amina. She's played by Anjana Vassan, and she's like comedy queen. Like, she's so good. <laughs> she's so funny. She's a musician. Also, Sarah Camilla Impey is also in an indie band. Mm. The band manager is a Nikabi named Momtaz. Also, then is Taz, played by Lucy Shorthouse, who um, has musical theater. quite a few. Yeah, she's got a musical theater background. Apparently, she played the first Muslim character in a musical. Which I was like, really? Uh, That's that's a very vague. Yeah, in everybody's talking about Jamie. Oh, yeah, and I'm like, is is that really like the first musical that has a Muslim? I don't know. Okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful Juliet Muhammad. She's an alternative musician who also goes by the name Azadi MP3. And she's the drummer Aisha. She's also my wife. Yeah, and we we probably would have done an episode on this show anyway because we loved it so much. But we are vindicated and justified because Aisha is gay. (laughs) (laughs) She is very gay. She's a gay disaster. We love to see it. This show is kind of right up our alley because it's a new spin on the precarious girl trope, which we've talked about in our... Fleabag and the bisexual and Michaela Cole episode. Mm-hmm. Except this time, you know, it's about four Muslim women. Yeah. They're just a wonderful sisterhood. Like, they're all Muslim, yes, but they're all from different backgrounds. Yeah. Nida Manzur came up with this, like, as a reaction, kind of, to the sorts of shows that were being offered to her to write. So she was asked to write about, like, honor killings and, like, forced marriages and stuff. And she was like, is that what you think a Muslim story is? Like, Mm -hmm. is that what you think stories about Muslim women are? She set out to do something different. In this interview by Saved by Old Time, she said, I thought if I was going to look at this aspect of my identity, I'd want to do a show on Muslim women that's funny because that's so important. And it takes away your humanity when you're shown to not have any sense of humor and all the Muslims I know are hilarious. And she wanted it to do it about music because she loves music. Oh yeah, Mary is an honorary Muslim. <laughs> yeah, I'm an honorary Muslim. TikTok thinks Mariana is a Muslim. <laughs> yeah, TikTok thinks I'm a Muslim. I think this in, in part started out because I would send like the funny Muslim TikToks to Duryadin. And then because the algorithm goes by like what you share and what you like... It just fed into it more that like, oh, okay, like this bitch loves Muslim content, we'll, we'll give them more. But then it, what started to happen was, because I would go deeper and deeper, like I now, I now know many things. <laughs> 
Muslim TikTok, very funny. I just want to say, it's very funny. I enjoy them greatly. And of course, just as as a half Pakistani person that has grown up raised as an Ahmadi Muslim person, this was, of course, like amazing mm-hmm. for me to see because, like, Lady Parts, they're an all woman Muslim punk band. Obviously, like, the premise of the show, it sounds like a gimmick. It's, like, contradictory. But I like that, actually, like, it's it's really not because punk is about nonconformity. And what's more nonconforming than being a Muslim woman in the West? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's really really cool just to see Muslim women used in the precarious woman trope Mm -hmm. because, yeah, they just don't fit the mold of anyone's expectations and they fail those expectations and that's exactly what it's all about. So, yeah, as we said in the Fleabag vs. Bisexual episode for the genre of, like, the precarious woman or precarious girl, but it sort of encompasses the trope or the character type of the woman in her 20s, 30s, who is navigating adulthood in a a very fast-paced, changing world. It was coined around the time that shows like Girls and Issa Rae's show Diary of an Awkward Black Girl Mm -hmm. came out because those shows were sort of looking at uh, women coming into adulthood, coming into womanhood, if you like, and all the things that they'd been taught about what being a woman who is an adult would be like is no longer true because they're, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're raised by older generations and the world we live in is so different to the world they live in. And so the precarious woman, precarious girl, precarious person comes out of that idea of navigating a world where the expectations are quite, are always changing. Um, and are even different depending on where you are. There's lots of shows like this, Search Party. I mean, you could even call, like, Friends back in the day, like, it's an example of, like, precarious people. Hmm. But it's just dealing – it's that that genre of people in their 20s or 30s working stuff out that's essentially the precarious person. Yeah. Amina, the main character, she's like the STEM version of Mary. Yes. If I was Muslim, if I was actually Muslim rather than just an honorary one and in STEM <laughs> – like, this would be me, 100%. Even the point where she can play guitar, but she doesn't want to perform, me. Mm-hmm. I literally can play guitar and ukulele, and I don't like, I don't, I don't want to perform. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Felt very called out, to be honest. Like, also, I just love that these people were like our age as well. Yes. These kinds of comedy shows that are like as wild as this one, like, they always tend to be teenagers, you know, for instance, like Take Dairy Girls mm. uh, or Some Girls, things like that. But like, I, I do like. <laughs> No, I like I, do, I love I that too. I do like too. that they're adults and they're and they're messes and they're messy and it's like yeah, this is this is exactly what, like um it, how it's going. When Amina starts singing that first song that she sings, you know, in her wardrobe. Oh yeah, yeah, with, <laughs> with the, the sock guitar, puppets. And when she's singing like I'm live my twenty six years with no lovers, I was like, I was like me. Like it's so like I know that's stupid, but like when she was like I'm 26, I was like I'm 26, (laughs) like that me. Um, and also just I don't know the fact that she still lives at home and she's like at uni doing things and writing. I was like this. I feel very seen and in a very nice way, like not in a condescending way, just in a Mm. like oh yes, finally something where I can see my life. It's nice. Yeah, so all these women, they're from different cultures. Um, So Amina and Saira, they're Pakistani or Indian. It's not really specified, but they're speaking Hindi slash Urdu. Mm. Bisma, it's not specified for her either, but Faith Omole is Nigerian. Uh, mm. Same with Aisha. Um, Azadi is Iranian. 
I love the way that this show had like all these women, they had like different relationships to faith and their family and to love. I love how like Amina, the whole thing with Amina, you know, she wants a husband and she's she's going about her romantic life in a very halal way. <laughs> but also I love that the show is like honest about her sexuality and like her horny impulses and everything. Like it's so cute. The bit in the last episode, or not last episode, second to last episode maybe mm-hmm. where – um. Aisha Hart's character is like, you wrote this because you were horny? <laughs> horny? She's like, how dare you? How dare you be horny? How dare they talk about Muslim women having like human experiences and impulses? How, how dare they? We're not allowed. That's not that doesn't happen in real life, guys. No, just so you doesn't. know. Like doesn't no. doesn't happen at all. It's haram. <laughs> yeah, and also like, you know, Saira, she's very different from the other girls. She doesn't wear any kind of hijab. She's got tattoos. She's disconnected from her family. I also love like the way that this show had like different interpretations of Islam and like perceptions of what haram is, like in between different characters' family. Like, you know the first scene where she's with her parents with meeting with this guy and they both had to be chaperoned with the parent because the guy insisted like different views like so this guy's family like they mm. think they consider music to be haram and yeah, yeah this and is the, this is contested and, <laughs> and the parents and the parents are like no like like they're like no. what <laughs> what <laughs> what yeah. yeah it is really awkward when you encounter like different kinds of muslims and they believe different things or interpret hadith or the quran's different way and like ramadan just finished and there were so many people being like oh did you listen to music today that's like breaking your fast and i'm like is it what <laughs> Yeah, mad respect to you if that's something that you're that you're prepared to give up. But not all music is haram. I don't. That's just me and how I was raised. You know, like Amina's parents are pretty, they're pretty chill compared to like you know her friends, um, Noor, played by Aisha Hart, and also like of her suitors. We've got Aisha and her sexuality, and I just want to say I called it because I remember when you said like this show apparently gets gay in episode four or something. Mm. I was like, I bet it's Aisha. Yeah. because I mean, we, I was I was hoping it was her because <laughs> we we both agreed that it was too obvious for it to be Syrah. Yeah. yeah, but also why not? Sarah why couldn't is... it have been Aisha and Syrah? They have Sa- they Sa- have moments. Sa- they have moments. Sarah is a hundred percent a bisexual mm. woman. I, mm. I've ever seen one in my life, which I I have definitely yeah. seen one. Oh oh yeah, and you've also got Bisma. She's got a husband and a daughter. Oh, she's an artist, and like her. Her artwork reminds me of Utopia. <laughs> yes, it reminded me of that too, actually. <laughs> your blood is your friend. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would buy business comics. I just really loved seeing the solidarity that they have between them despite the cultural differences because the way that Western society treats you is going to be the same regardless. Well, mm-hmm. mostly the same. I love that there's no white people in this show. Not really. <laughs> No, there isn't actually. Mm. I didn't think about that. I yeah, they're even... just like they're just like background extras, like Aisha's customers in the Uber and things like that. With Aisha's sexuality, I was advised that this show was gonna get gay in episode four, and I told this to Mary, and we were like, "Yes, yeah, statistically. statistically." I mean, there's five of them. So. Yeah. Also, Aisha is in the show is Iraqi because her brother says. You know, when they're on the date with Amina and she says, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Like, and he goes, oh, it's a really complicated question, isn't from? it? <laughs> where am I from from? Uh, he goes, like, originally, we're from Iraq. Like, he says that. Descended from Babylonian kings, no less. Yeah. yeah. Amina is so funny. She's so cute. <laughs> she is. I love her. 
She's a she's a romantic soul. I love that. Mm. I love mm. that. And just yeah, like I was saying, like Anjana Fasan is so funny. Like she can just like do a random pose or whatever and make you laugh. <laughs> she has such expressive eyes. I love that. In relation to like Aisha's sexuality, I like that. Well, I mean, they don't really delve into it in a particularly complicated way. There's that arc with Zarina wanting to interview her about it, wanting her to go on record about it for a publication. And she just asks, like, do you do you mind if we don't go there? Because obviously being being gay and Muslim is <laughs> being gay and Muslim is uh, it's not it's most of the time it's not a very fun experience and it's not yeah the fact that she doesn't want to talk about it is quite like I think that is quite real and it's like like it's something that you are but it's like you don't actually want to address it like to yourself or to anyone else because it's like like the attitude that you have given like the way that you're raised and the way that people perceive things and you know what other people's interpretations of haram are yeah it's just it's just something that you don't really want to deal with or confront, which I found very relatable. Based on what I know, I, mm -hmm. I didn't, like, I didn't mm -hmm. think they'd really go into it because she seemed very closeted to me and it's like, yeah. she clearly doesn't want to talk about it, so why would the show delve into mm. it? Like, you know, not to say there's nothing to talk about, but, like, she's not really told anyone, so. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I love that, I love that all her friends are accepting of it, of course. Yeah, they tease like, her obviously, for it. Like, obviously, like, yeah, because, like, Lady Parts, like, it's a safe space for them all. Because, mm. you know, they, they all have different relationships to Faith. Yeah, so I thought it was nice, like, that it's enough for Aisha, like, at the stage that her character is at in her life. Like, it's it's enough for her to, like, have her, have her close friends who are also Muslim to be accepting of her. Because mm. really, like... That's that's one of the best things that you can hope for, honestly, when you when you are getting Muslim. It's it's kind of interesting to me because Amina, like, she's straight, but because she's horny, like her friends won't accept her. Mm. <laughs> like don't accept her, like Noor and the and the and the galleys, the girlies. Um yeah. they're they're like, Oh my god, you're horny, so um we have to we can't be friends mm. with you. Mm -hmm. It's almost like like this is crazy, but it's almost like like Muslim women are all different and <gasps> Like, they're all, like, individuals and have different interpretations and feelings and experiences. Mm. That's crazy. I don't know if you know about that, but that was just Okay, Mary, about. you know how women have minds, right? <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you know that Muslim women have minds as well? <laughs> <gasps> Thank you, Nida Manzur, for telling everyone this. Mm. We didn't know beforehand. Um, but, yeah, speaking of, speaking of Amina's friends not accepting her, Mm. <sighs> I mean, his friends not accepting her for you know simply being you know a person and like the way that they're they're worried when Amina goes against the grain, they're worried about how it will make people look at them. Yeah, which brings us to <laughs> the discourse surrounding this show, um, which is whether it's bad Muslim representation or not, because there's very limited representation of Muslims in popular media. Mm -hmm. uh, the Muslim community is understandably very sensitive and very critical towards any portrayals that do exist. You know, this is, which is totally understandable because we're often portrayed as terrorists or like, <laughs> or as terrorists or as- or, No, no, or as like people to be saved. Like, yeah, or as people to be saved, or as like oppressive people, like oppressive men and oppressed women. So it's it's totally understandable to be critical and cast a lot of scrutiny on the crumbs of Muslim representation that we get. But 
God, do you suck sometimes, guys? Like my brethren, my my sisters, you you suck sometimes. When the Lady Parts pilot was released online, like it was mostly positive, but there were also a lot of people who were really angry and called it like a mockery of Islam. And it's actually the only one of those uh, comedy blabs videos that has the comments disabled on YouTube for this reason. Shame. Oh, also, Nida Manzur had to delete her Twitter as well. Yeah, and also that this has directly affected me, guys, because I really want the We Are Lady Parts t-shirts that you see in the show, mm. and I cannot contact Miss Nida Manzur to be like, can I have one of these shirts, please, ma'am? I can't do that. Because she deleted her Twitter. Thanks for harassing a Muslim woman. Now we can't get a cool t-shirt. Yeah, now I can't get a cool t-shirt. This is obviously the biggest problem with that. (laughs) That's why I'm obsessed with episode five and the way, like, Nida Manzur's mind. Yes. She incorporated this kind of backlash into the show itself. And she kind of got ahead of the criticism that is happening right now on on the Muslim Twitter, on the Muslim TikTok etc. There's an Australian show, Why You Like This, that came out recently and one of the characters is a bisexual Muslim woman. The way people have been criticizing that are brutal. For the most part, I do think those criticisms are quite unfair. This is exactly the same kind of thing that happens within the story of We Are Lady Parts and also in the way that some Muslim audiences are perceiving the show itself. There's this plotline with Zarina. Zarina is um an influencer. Aisha falls in love with her. Mm. Which is, yeah, I don't know. I like you were, I remember you were like quite shocked, like in this plot line when you were like, she's a Jamila Jamil bitch. She's no, she's worse than Jamila Jamil. But I was like, no, I I know where this is going. What she does is she is doing a feature on Lady Parts because they want to get some online exposure. She is one of the people that takes their concept as a gimmick and caricaturizes it. There's like so many sides to this issue, and that yes, the Muslim community is very critical of any kind of quote unquote rebellious type of muslim representation or quote-unquote bad muslim representation but there's also the fact that there are that like non-muslims have like extremely limited preconceived notions on what islam is so they would rather believe that lady parts are rebelling against islam than believe that their islam gives them freedom to be Mm. so this feature that's written about them it's like oh no how can they be muslim when they're like this she hit the nail on the head with that because And they're really angry, obviously, when this article released because, you know, they are Muslims and, like, they follow the five pillars of Islam. Like, only Allah can judge you, and yet Muslims still judge, um, which is really, really sad. You know, it happens within the show and also it happens outside of the show as a Muslim that doesn't really fit in with the, I don't know, the ideals of the Muslim community. The perceived ideals. The perceived ideals or Mm. just the, the standards that are placed on Muslim women as well. It's hard to be a muslim in the west it's such a huge effort like when you're like when i'm in indonesia it's like easy because everyone around you is like that and it's like completely normal but like most western societies are designed is it is it's almost like an inconvenience dare i say you have to go really out of your way to be different like it's a whole thing like it's not it's not effortless to just be who you are and like within western societies there are like standards imposed i guess on muslims especially muslim women where because you are so different from everyone else, you have to, you're basically representing everyone else. You're basically representing your whole, your whole faith, your whole community. And like just the way that you behave and interact with other people in the world is scrutinized because, you know, if you, if you're not like perceived to be like a good person, like a law abiding citizen or whatever, 
or if you're not perceived to be like a pious person or whatever, if you don't seem to follow like taqwa or whatever, it's like that reflects badly on everyone else. And so that's another dimension to where the criticism of the show and the criticism within the show comes from. And yeah, so I think that was handled really well. Yeah. Just the minds of that. Mm -hmm. I cannot speak to it from a Mm -hmm. personal point of view. Yeah. But from a writing point of view, I remember like I instantly said to you, I was like, oh my God, she's gotten it. She's getting ahead of it. Mm. Um, Like Nita Manzura is getting ahead of it. Sometimes like putting critique, like meta critique in your show can like blow up in your face, Mm. you know? And I think a lot of the time when meta critique is put in things, it's usually just in the form of lampshading. Mm. So you usually just get like, for example, okay, I remember Mm -hmm. in the trailer for the Wreck-It Ralph movie, there mm-hmm. was that bit where the little character, I don't know their names, mm-hmm. um, where she, she was trapped in that room with all the Disney princesses. They ask her if she's a princess and she doesn't answer. And they're like, she's like, how do I know I'm a princess? And they, they, they say all that stuff like, oh, have you been locked away in a castle? Like, oh, have you married a man you just met? And, you know, they list mm. off all oh, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. like meta sort of commentaries all the of things. misogynist Disney tropes. Yeah, that has happened to Disney princesses. And her response is to be like, no, no, none of that stuff. Like, are you guys okay? Like, do I need to call somebody? And it's meant to be this sort of, oh, look at us, we're Disney, we're so self-aware. But mm-hmm. the thing about, like, self-aware media is that sometimes it's just, like, showing yourself aware isn't enough. Like, you have to actually be better. Usually Metacritic, when I see it, is for the sake of just saying that you're aware of it kind of thing which is Mm -hmm. why it's called lampshading. I mean, you see this a lot of the time in sitcoms. Sitcoms do it all the time. They'll have like a meta critique within it, but nothing will really change and it won't Mm. really impact the story in any kind of meaningful way. So when I saw it like this and Mm. the way that it was not just a commentary on the show itself, but as you say, like on a bigger scale of like Mm -hmm. the way Muslim women are held to this standard, the way it shapes the last episode of the show you kind of realize the way that all that critique, like, yes, it was bad, but it kind of had to happen. And I can't help yeah. but wonder if We Are Lady Part was the only thingy on on YouTube, like with the comedy blips or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. if it was the only one that had its comments disabled, that makes me wonder what if something happened very similar to what we see in the show itself where, okay, yeah, there were probably lots of comments that were like, this is a joke. You're treating Islam yeah. like a joke. No, that's, that and is then, why, the, why the comments are disabled. Yeah. And so she is showing how like even from that level of critique, mm. that much notoriety, even if it, you know, might – be for the wrong reasons can lead to good things i suppose Mm. and that's not saying that it's okay like there's all these things that are happening when she did that Mm -hmm. meta critique that is so clever that Mm -hmm. is so clever and it's so realistic too it didn't feel like it was shoehorned in there yeah yeah because because this is exactly what happens like when when why you like this went up on netflix muslims were criticizing this show based on the fact that they did not want people to think that they do all the haram things that the character mia does so because I'd just seen all of that discourse transpire, Lady Pass was just like the perfect answer to all of that. There's a huge self-awareness displayed here on every single level. And as Muslim women in the West, you have to be, you have to be extremely self-aware because the way non-Muslims perceive you will be how they perceive other Muslim people, which is why 
the way other Muslims see you behave is so important to them, or at least why they make it their business. So, like, the characters in Lady Parts are being moderated at so many levels um, by other Muslim women, by Muslim men, as well as Islamophobes and just non-Muslims who look at them as if they're victims. And, like, each aspect of their identities are going to seem contradictory from at least one of these perspectives, even though there's nothing contradictory about just being a person. It's still used to invalidate them. You see this with Bisma, who is a mother whose husband is the sole financial provider for their family. And this is used to invalidate her art and her music because she's supposedly, you know, a victim upholding traditional Muslim values. Um, Like you see this with Aisha, who doesn't want to speak about being gay because she knows that the Muslim community would invalidate her faith if they knew about her sexuality. And the fact that like her being afraid of this is twisted by Zarina to say that she's not really punk. She's just like a victim of homophobia from Islam. Um, Also not for nothing, you know, we don't really see Aisha interact with any kind of secular LGBT community. And then we've got Syra, who's, she's not hijabi, she has tattoos, she's clearly been ostracized by her family for not meeting their expectations. Even the way Noor treats her at the, at the engagement party, like, she is not really kind to her. And, like, that makes Zarina frame Syra's music as a response to being victimized by Islam again. Then, you know, with the way that Noor treats Amina, she's like, She's like genuinely sorry for Amina and thinks that she's been led astray from her faith. And like even the way that Muslim men, like that guy that Noor tries to set her up with, decide to judge Amina and think, oh, she must be haram since she wrote a song about her feelings. Like the way that Muslim men think that they can judge and treat Muslim women once they can see that these Muslim women don't meet their standards is horrendous. So I just, like, on all these different levels, people are looking at lady parts and thinking, how can you still be Muslim when all of this happens to you? Or, or they're saying, how dare you call yourself Muslim when this is who you are? So yeah, I think this show has so brilliantly captured all of this complexity and I'm just, I'm just blown away by it. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just blown away by it. Anyways, uh, Mary, would you like to talk about the fashion in this show? (laughs) Yes. I love this. It's just fun. Sorry, segue into something nice. <laughs> as I as I repeatedly said, I'm I'm not I'm not Muslim. I'm an honorary Muslim only in the sense that I I, I guess I spend a lot of time with Duryadhan and I also um, you know TikTok thinks I'm a Muslim. So I guess that and means the you, Chinese. You live def- a pretty halal existence as well. I, I I do live a pretty halal existence. Like the only <laughs> the only thing is like I I do eat pork. But like yeah. I could give it up. Like it, yeah. I'm not married to it. Like like you just gotta get the five pillars down, and that's yeah. that's it, really. Like well, I could, guys, I could get married a pledge easy. <laughs> Even though I am not Muslim, I have always loved like hijabi fashion, and I loved watching this show and seeing like all the different scarves. And like Bismuth, like the way she wears her scarf, I love that. I love Amina's, all her like very bright colored ones. Nor, like her fashion, a fashion queen. I just love her outfits. Modesty chic. So beautiful. But when Mm -hmm. Nor says to Amina, (laughs) don't wear your red scarf, because it brings out your shame. (laughs) Like, oh man. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh at that, but like, I think that is like the funniest line I've ever heard. funny, yeah. And then, like, I love in the last episode, she's wearing the red one. Like, mm. I love that. Mm. But no, I love looking at all the scarves and all the all the fashion. I love women. Women are great. I love women. Moral of the story. Oh, even Noor's um, wedding dress is, yeah. is stunning. Oh, that was so pretty. Um, she's so pretty. Just generally, in terms of color, as, as everybody knows, I, I love 
colorful things. I love the design of this show. Like I love the, I love how bright it is. I love, I like how kind of every character has like a color palette to them and you Mm. see them wear like certain colors. And, and I love that there were so many times where I could tell that they deliberately put things in on the set to like brighten up the shot and make it Mm. look really colorful. And I love the sequences where Amina is singing and, you know, her wardrobe moves and, and all these, there are puppets. All the dolly in, shots and stuff the dolly of Amina shots singing are, are great. Are beautiful. Or like when she does the guitar solo and there's like a single spotlight and there's all this like paper flying around and stuff. Yes. And like, I love the, like the visual comedy and just, just the, I don't know, just the visuals in this show. Like the, I don't know what to call it. What do you call it? Like the imaginary. I just call them like the visions i guess yeah like yeah like the romantic visions in the show i remember like in the first meeting like in amina's imagination he like rips off his clothing and he's like a full-on dothraki and there's like you know sand and wind and you know (laughs) prince of persia ish and like (laughs) like i remember seeing that and i was like this budget Yes. And I was like, I was just very excited by that. And, you know, like in the, in the, like at the end credit of the first episode and they play all the small things yeah. by Blink-182, I was like, this budget, like they gave them money to they do something. They gave them money to they get They gave some... them money for some song rights and for some beautiful visuals. The contrast even in the sequence where they, they go to that pub, mm-hmm. the contrast, like the amount of colors that they're wearing, like they're all, they all look so colorful and like everyone in the pub is dressed like very like yeah. monochromatically grays mm-hmm. and, and blacks and the, and the pub itself doesn't have much color to it. Like mm-hmm. it's very, it looks like a very dull by the numbers pub. And yeah, I just love that. The I only how other vibrant sh- their world is. And loud and beautiful and luscious and rainbow or whatever. I was just about to say, like, I love shows, like, I love when shows, like, do production design, approach it from sort of a perspective way. Like, this Mm -hmm. is not just, like, the characters, like, the world that they are living in. This is the world that they see. We are looking from their point of view and how they see the world. And I just think that that's really lovely. With the visions and stuff, I I especially love that. Uh, you don't see that kind of thing done a lot in TV. It's mostly done in movies. The only other show where that trope is regularly used in the Jane semi the sort of yeah is Jane the Virgin. And I was so happy like when it started happening because I realized like oh it's been so long since I've seen like something mm. fun like that because you know in Jane the Virgin like she always does that too. She has like. With those yeah, the whole imagine- scenes in a, <laughs> the in telenovela like imaginary scenarios and there's like you know every time her and like raf kiss there's like petals everywhere and like mm. like the melodrama but it's not too like it's not it's not even necessarily done for comedy it's done just because like this is how the characters see it and it, and it comes through in concept too i love when amina is dating in episode five or so six mm. or oh, the last episode the last episode where she's where she's trying to date again and oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. she imagines it like a game show. So it's not mm. just in the way she sees the world. It's like it's show, it's using it to show how she feels. Where a bunch of random bystanders <laughs> will determine whether Amina is worthy of love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. Mm. Like the vision of this show is so strong and I and I love that. I love mm. that for us as viewers too. Yeah. <laughs> this is so much fun. Even though I don't relate to all of it. But being, like, Arab and from an Arab family, like, culturally, there are a lot of, like, similar things. 
um Mm -hmm. like in the in the way that like the families talk to each other and and things like that and uh I love Aisha, like the relationship between her and her brother is exactly like mine with my brother. Like I showed John, my little brother, I showed him uh, We Are Lady Parts and when it got to the scene uh, where, you I know, know, he you got me and used my intestines as a skipping rope. That one? No, it's it's in the bit before that where she's like, knock, bitch. And he's like, I did, bitch. <laughs> like that is... <laughs> That is actually, my brother and I have absolutely said that to one another. Like, yeah, I loved the little scene between Taz and her nen. Um, yeah. When, and she's like, did you record Bake Off? She's like, the thing was the, full. The it's box like, was full. <gasps> As someone who often watches shows like this, and I also love things about music, so I tend to watch a lot of things about uh-huh. music. When you watch things about music, or things about bands rather, that are like this, there's usually a point where a character can't be in the band for some reason, whatever mm. reason. And I knew it would come eventually, like with Amina, like there would be something, like she, because of her, um, her vomiting proclivities, there would probably be a point where she's like, oh, I can't do this. And normally when you're watching shows, when you watch those shows, everyone's really mean to them, like when they can't do something. Like it's like, mm. oh, I'm too nervous or I'm too sad and I, so I can't do this thing. And they're all like, oh, well, screw you then, like screw you. And, and it's usually up to that individual character to, like, come crawling back. Like, it's usually up to them to do it. And it was so comforting to see, like, yeah, okay, she messed up the audition, but they were still like, if you're still serious about this, like, we can get you through it, mm. you know? Like, like they actually and- help her. They actually help each help other her. up, and sisters. Yes. Yeah. And something my brother even, like, observed when we were watching it together, he was like, that's because, like, we are taught to, like, help each other. You know, we're mm. not taught like you know. Oh, it's not so individualist because you got to stick together. Like that's yeah, and it's like your family found or otherwise. Like you have to help them when they're down, not kick them mm. when they're down. And and yeah, I I think that's a a culture like to this show that is very that's not seen a lot in that it is very collect like very much treated like a collective. It's mm. more of an ensemble show, I'd argue, than a lot of quote unquote ensemble shows actually are because. Yeah the characters actually do feel like an ensemble and do treat each other like a family and it's really lovely. Like every time I thought, oh, they're probably going to like abandon each other now or they're going to get like, you know, they're going to kick her out of the band. Like they didn't because Mm. they don't think like that. They weren't raised that way to think that way. I guess that's why like the emotional impact of like, you know, the end of episode five and stuff, like when that does happen, it is devastating. Like they cannot, oh my gosh, I like wanted to they're, cry. They're just, like in, they're just completely incredulous at each other. I'll just say in relation to like your your relatability point, mm-hmm. you're a non-Muslim and you can still relate to it, you know, regardless of your honorary status. Yes, Or regardless of the fact that you're also Arab. Mm. Like a lot of the precarious women TV shows that have been really popular over the last decade or so whatever, you know, like New Girl and Fleabag, et cetera, et cetera. They're always valued on how relatable they are to people. Mm. And, you know, there's that whole discourse of, oh, which kind of woman gets to be relatable, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm. like, I'm really grateful to this show for being, like, specific to my experiences. Like, there was a lot of stuff that, like, I don't know, as I was watching with you for the first time, there was, like, moments where I was, like, very silently trying to cry. <laughs> Oh. without you noticing like even Dude, if it wasn't a particularly sad part you should know that you can cry in front of me yeah i know <laughs> i know 
I just I just didn't want to anyway. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, just I think regardless of like how specific it is to me or you, like I think something wonderful is that by portraying these Muslim women as just, you know, regular people with regular desires and frustrations, like it can be relatable to anyone. Mm -hmm. And it shows, you know, there is no like kind of every woman and like on, you know, we're we're all just people in the end, you know, we're all just human beings, citizens of planet Earth, etc. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I would love if more non-Muslims were just in general like better educated on Islam and like were able to gain education and understanding of Islam from like non-entertainment based sources. But yeah, I think this series is really, is just, it's just really excellent at humanizing the Muslim experience anyways. I have never seen from, and I watch a lot of stuff, Mm. but I've never seen a character who wears a niqab. I don't think I've ever seen one with a speaking role in any of the media that i've ever watched and to see taz even for me and i I know you said i know you said like Mm. (laughs) i know you said like not for like education purposes but and i and i'm not like viewing it that way but i was just like this is the first time i and i'm someone who watches a lot of stuff but this is the first time that i have watched something at least something like that's a piece of western media that has an um are they called like nikabis can you call them nikabi yeah you can say nikabi it's the first time I've seen one with a speaking role and just living life. I've never yeah. seen that. I love Taz. She's probably like, like if I had to rank them, she'd definitely mm-hmm. be like in the top three. Purely for that moment where she sits up like out of the shadows. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's excellent. And also like I love that, you know, with Taz, there's no like, you know, face reveal or anything like no, that. No, no. Like, you know, that's not like women that choose to wear niqab in public. Like that's it's because it's their business. um like the way that they look is none of your business so it shouldn't like it shouldn't matter like i hate oh my god i'm just thinking now back to like one time at my old job for some reason like i wasn't dressed in a particularly muslim way or whatever i was just wearing like a dress and cardigan and whatever and i was selling perfume um it Mm -hmm. was during that job like some guy that i was that i was selling perfume to he was like he just struck up a conversation first of all he was just like don't you think like muslim women like look like ninjas and i was (laughs) (laughs) and i was like you think I look like a ninja? Because, and he's like, oh, I didn't realize you were. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, and then, because like, I wanted my commission. So I kept the conversation going, obviously. Yes. Um, yes, and he did. was just like, yeah, I mean, the thing that's so sad about like, about like Muslim women, like, you know, and like covering themselves is like, you know, they, they could be so beautiful and <laughs> they just hide that from the world. Oh my gosh, like, you entitled bitch. What makes like, you think you're in, you know, I'd lost the sale. I I knew I'd lost the sale at yeah. this point. He wasn't going to buy shit. So no. I was like, what makes you think you're entitled to that beauty? Like, what makes you think it's any of your business? Why do they owe you that? No. Like, they decided, you know, obviously, you know, there's context and cultures and situations where wearing head coverings in Islam, like, it can be like a form of oppression on women, but there are also, you know, even more instances where it is a choice made by women and it's supposed to be a choice made by women. And I would argue that probably more often than not it is a choice yeah more often than not it is a choice and it can sometimes be a difficult choice but it's a choice because no woman owes that to anyone no woman owes their face owes their hair or anything like that it's their business what they decide to do it's interesting it's 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 quite interesting does other headgear scare you too yeah it's also quite interesting that people like praised Billie Eilish for walking around in like her tracksuit pants and her big jumpers because she didn't want people to perceive her body 
Mm. And people were like, oh, wow, what a power queen, etc. But it's odd. Like, when, yeah. why do you think it is that when Muslim women do the exact same thing? Dude, no, not even, forget Billie Eilish, like, all love to her. But, like, mm. for instance, even over the last, throughout this pandemic and people talking about how they actually love you know, like wearing a mask because they don't like to be perceived and stuff. It's like, oh, really? Mm. <laughs> You're realizing how great this is now? <laughs> Nakabis are like, bish, we've been, not, we've been living. We, we knew. We knew. <laughs> we knew. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I love that about, mm. about Taz and about, and about this whole thing. When she says, like, that she loves wearing it too, she actually says that. Yeah, um, and she's and like, she's just like, you know, it helps me feel closer to God. That's wonderful. And, like, the show doesn't even, like, you know, even when she's at home and stuff, even when she's not wearing it, like, it doesn't show a face. It only shows It only so, shows what you'd see in the niqab mm. anyway, like, like yeah. her eyes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And also I just I just love that song that Aisha wrote, Voldemort Under My Headscarf, about that and whether, like, does other headgear <laughs> scare you too? It's like, say that. Say that. Oh, my gosh. I'm the obsessed with so the fish fun. and chips. The fish yeah, and the chip fish song. and chips song is so good. Broken body employer. Rachel on MTV. I love yeah. it. Bashir with a good beard, also iconic. And also their cover of 9 to 5. Yes! Excellent. There's a scene in episode 3 where they're driving out to the countryside and they're listening to Toxicity by System of a Down. Mm. And like Aisha and Syrah are like screaming out the lyrics to each other. And it's only like a three second moment. But like I really wanted like a full cover of them doing that song because it's it sounded so great. Season two, put it out in the universe. I know. But yeah, everything about this show just slaps. Um, we talked about the visuals. We talked about, you know, just the thematic concepts and stuff. But yeah, the music is excellent. You can you can really tell that that the one so she loves music everyone is oh. so, and it's just everyone involved is so talented and it's 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 great it's great if anyone from we are lady parks listens to this i just want to say number one thank you number mm. two great work and number three please i'm begging you can i please have one of the shirts mm. that is being sold at the gig in episode six yeah i'm a size medium to large Let's just say large and, you know, because sizing is stupid. Um, please, if anyone can hear me who is involved with We Are Lady Parts, I need one of those shirts. Also, um, Juliet Matamad, if you're listening, um, will, will you mm. be my wife? Yeah. Um, I'll be a good, I will be a good spouse. I swear. If there is a second season, which, you know, remember, there should be a second season. Watch it. Uh, mm -hmm. or you're Islamophobic. <laughs> <laughs> what would you What would you like to see? Yeah, I want to see a toxicity cover. Mm -hmm. I want to see Aisha get a girlfriend that's actually nice. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it can be Syrah. You know that scene in the first episode where Aisha like stands up and you see how tall she is for the first time, and they're like head to head with each other. We it's both, like we both we at were the both same like time. <laughs> <laughs> fellas. What else would you like to see? I actually, re I really love the romance with Amina and, and, um. <gasps> That's what I was going to say. What's his name? Asan. Yeah, with, with Amina and Asan. It's really cute. Just the, the halal romance of it all is, is adorable. It's adorable. Like, even like, even like when Aisha was dating, was dating Zarina and just like the way that that was presented was really nice. This is what it's like. Like this is this is the Muslim dating experience. Like we met on marriage app and <laughs> we DM'd for two years and now we're getting married after meeting for the first time. 
in terms of the music, I think this show has come at a really like great time because we have seen pop punk make a very big comeback in the last year, two years. Hmm. I mean, pop punk never really went away. Like, I'm a huge fan of that genre, and you know, mm-hmm. there's there's still people still been pop punking. Okay, mm-hmm. a lot of people think like My Chemical Romance like broke up back in like 2013 or whatever it was, and like pop punk disappeared forever. It didn't. There were plenty of bands still coming up, and there are a lot of great bands. Um, like one of my favorite one being uh, Meet Me at the Altar, which is like a group of uh queer black women. They have a great sound. Uh, mm. A lot of people compare them to Paramore, but I don't know. I don't see the point in that. The pop punk genre is getting a comeback. A lot of people have said that like there's some song on Olivia Rodrigo's albums that have that influence, but you can also hear it in any song that Travis Barker has <laughs> collaborated on in the last mm. five years. I think that man is on a one-man mission to single-handedly bring yeah. pop punk back into the mainstream. He collaborated with Machine Gun Kelly for his album Tickets to My Downfall. Willow's new stuff. Willow's new stuff is because of a collaboration with Travis Barker. And even like Halsey has done some collaboration with him and written some like pop punk songs with him. And yeah, I just think that what we're seeing is what you always see with like pop culture, which is that the people that grew up with the pop culture of you know, 15 to 20 years ago Mm. are now creating stuff. And because a lot of us 15 years ago, 10 years ago, were growing up with pop punk, you're now just seeing the natural resurgence of that in artists that grew up with it and are recreating it in their own work. And I think because of all of that, because of the resurgence and the, you know, interest in punk again, We Are Lady Parts, has come musically has come at a perfect time as well mm. like perfect time for them um to to come around because honestly like any of these songs i can imagine like being played on the radio like or whatever or being like added to spotify playlists cuz i i was a bit kind of worried that while this show was like great in concept and the actors were great i was kind of worried that the songs would be shit you know <laughs> Because it is a show about music. I didn't want to watch a show about music where, like, you know, it's really great except for the music part. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. No, no, the songs, the songs slap. Yeah, they they have like some of them have like very similar structures to each other, but they still slap anyway. Um, The ones where she said that she wrote them with her sisters. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. On the third or second time that I watched this, I watched this with my dad. My dad is very similar to Amina's dad. When we were watching it, I was like, I was thinking like, this is literally your dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he enjoyed it so much. But like something, you know, obviously created by Nudha Manzur comes up every single time that the show opens and, you know, when the credits roll and stuff. And each time my dad's like, hey, Nidha, because Nidha is also my little brother's name. It means voice. Like it means the call in Arabic, I believe. But in, in Urdu, it means voice. Mm. And there's an interview with Nidha Manzur when she says, we are Lady Parts. It's primarily about like finding your voice and that's you know the whole thing about the band and like the fact that they are kind of like minorities within a minority and wanting to speak out and like represent themselves and like you know and they are able to finally connect with fans who are like younger versions of them and even like the thing with you know Amina and her stage fright and like the way that Syra and the rest of the band like help her 
to get over that and like actually work with her, you know, taking her to the poetry night and things like that. That's really sweet. The show is about finding your voice. And I, I, I just, Nida Manzura, if you're listening to this, thank you for, thank you for this really corny, but thank you for using your voice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We love you. I'm just trying to think if I have anything left to say. And all I do have left to say is please, please legally stream this show. Or yeah. watch this show. Yeah. Because I need another season of this show. The world needs this. another yeah. season of this show. Yeah. Stream it. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it. Love it. Okay. All right. We're good. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.